What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name is Imran. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for your time and your company uh, for the episode today. Uh, quick reminder before we jump into today's episode the Blue in Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station that broadcasts from London in the UK and is incredibly fortunate to be able to uh, host shows uh, exclusive to us from across the world, from uh, uh, obviously the UK, we have Paris, France, we have Melbourne, Australia, we have uh, Denver, Colorado, San Jose, California, Niigata, Japan as well, and we're talking about just a a wonderful team of people committed to uh, celebrating the, um, uh, the absolute best that we can find in contemporary uh, funk, soul, jazz, R&B, uh, future soul, uh, Latin music, hip hop, um, and we yes, we just have the the most amazing team. Uh, today's episode sees us talking to one of said um, blue and green radio team. However, of considerably more p- pertinence to the episode today, uh, we are of course talking to DJ Simon S, the founder and head of Futuristica Music, the Future Soul label it emanates from Bournemouth in the UK and has this year the incredible distinction of reaching 15 years, which is a wonderful uh, achievement. It really is uh, an incredible an incredible milestone to reach for an independent label. So uh, today's episode is completely and absolutely in celebration of that fact. And uh, I have the uh, very, very cool opportunity to sit with Simon and to discuss um, quite almost everything. We, we Not almost everything, but we get very, very in-depth. We talk about the birth of the label, those early releases. We discuss several of um, the key Futuristica uh, acts. We talk about their incredible 20. 2020 uh, which just passed which has some just you know monumental successes um we talk about 2021 what's coming up for the the label in their 15th year and we also have <laughs> something of a pop quiz where we kind of get to uh discuss past futuristica projects as well which was real fun uh we clear an hour in the initial conversation and i i could have kept him another hour if i'm honest but uh I was very, very grateful for his time and um, him just, you know, Simon just sort of hanging out and to discuss uh, the um, just the incredible music uh, that they've uh, gifted uh, fans and listeners uh, across the world. So um, I won't delay it much further. We'll, we'll jump uh, straight in. Uh, however, regular listeners of the podcast will know we feature two songs per episode. The uh, guest, obviously in this case, Simon, has the uh, luxury of picking uh, the closing number for the show uh, today and uh, I have the luxury of picking the opening one and I figured for the opener 
uh, we should go back to the very, 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 very beginning. So uh, this is a song we discuss um, in the actual uh, episode, and I thought it would be an apt opener. Uh, so we're going to go all the way back to 2006 for this. This is from Low Budget Soul, the act with the distinction of their very first release. Uh, for futuristic music uh, produced by Tris Brown the incredible Tris Brown his amazing production throughout this incredible album however I'm going to um, play the Kev Brown remix as I said this is a song that we discuss in the actual episode this is the Kev Brown mix of When I Call uh, released as a 12 inch uh, back in 2006 so um, yeah really excited about this one hope you'll enjoy this song and more importantly hope you'll enjoy the episode uh, that we have coming up right now uh, you're listening to the Blue and Green podcast we'd love you to check us out at blueandgreenradio.com where you'll find um, our constantly never ending radio stream as well as the full backlist catalogue of the Blue and Green podcast so thank you very much for tuning in and I very much hope you enjoyed the episode today
for your time and i i can't think how busy you are uh so it's it's awesome that you're you're kind of making the time to just uh to hang out and uh talk all things uh you all things futuristica for uh for the next three or so hours i really appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i've got three hours it's cool no do you know what do you know what it's been really nice because i've, I've had time to to kind of relax plan you know arrange things for the label and for other things as well around me. So um, it, it's, it's, yeah, you know, I'm just taking advantage of this time as much as I can and getting out with a dog as much as possible. And he needs some time, trust. He needs, he needs time out there in the woods and stuff. So yeah, he's, he's a big great. dog as well. He's a big boy. He is a big, is it just the one you guys have? Thankfully, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, oh gosh, yeah, he's huge. It's amazing. Yeah, he Lovely. must be awesome. Yeah. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy called Dilla. No way. Yeah, he's named Dilla. Yeah, man. Oh, that's so cool. Dilla Dog. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's a great name. <laughs> was that your pick or Deborah's, or was there a veto at any point, or was it? Well, no, no. I mean, is. she was cool because because his name's his name what? Because he's a rescue dog. So okay, wonderful. He was called Dylan. Oh. And we thought, just chop the end off, itself. man. It sounds better. <laughs> yeah, it writes itself. That's so cool. It's just, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> Did he respond to, to JD Beats in any other way to anything else? Or yeah, what? man. He's, 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 JD, he's cool with. He's like, you know, best producer in the world. He'll come back to you. It's, it's, it's great. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about having that time to plan and structure. And obviously, you've there's a lot to plan and structure. I mean, we're we're primarily uh, talking today to celebrate the incredible milestone hmm. of 15 years of futuristic music. So we spoke, uh, I guess, about eight, seven or eight months ago. Yeah. And all the, with all the contact we have during the day, uh, it's it's funny. This is actually the second conversation that we've ever actually had, which is which is kind oh, of weird gosh. by itself. But um, it's uh, you know we talked about you kind of being on the eve of this this kind of monumental moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, congratulations. How Thank does it feel much. to uh, to kind of be able to boast this um, this incredible uh, uh, claim to just fantastic success? Well, I mean, it's it's odd, isn't it? Because I, I think back to when we we started this label and what was happening at the time. And, and funnily enough, just speaking to um, Lanote and as valet just now awesome. um, on, um, on video chat and talking about when we met them, which was, which was pretty much the year we started the label. Mm. And um, we, we were both sat there just thinking, okay, so that's 15 years for sure. Um, we're not, we're not getting this wrong. Um, what was the, the actual date of your first release? You know, what, how did we hook up the, the album for them? And it's just like, just trying to make sense of it. It's, it's a long time, but it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Yeah. 
So they, because I, I remember when I, I had the the wonderful luxury to talk to uh, to Chris as valet, mm. and he 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 described that that kind of moment of uh, meeting Deborah in Paris. Uh, Electric conversation were opening for uh, Deborah and uh, Silhouette Brown, yes. uh, who she was touring with, and yes. you know she was enamored by by their music and they i think that he said that they were quite a young band at that point like a, a few months six months maybe um that they had been around uh, they'd been together sort of performing mm-hmm. as a as a foursome yeah. um and then she mentioned uh you she mentioned futuristica and how it might be something to that you know th- there might be a connection there so i mean how how did you what was your part in that um in terms of she sent you deborah's forwarded music at that point or a little later how did it kind of work with you guys well, she was being a great A&R at the time. She was, unofficially. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that really worked well. Um, she, yeah, essentially that. I think she, um, e, e, the guys at EC were really lovely and, she, you know, they, they hit it off straight away. And she, yeah, she just mentioned, she said, oh, you're doing music. She sent it to Cy. Um, you know, I'm sure he'd like to hear it, et cetera. And, and we, you know, we spoke soon after. I think they came to London not long after and we met mm-hmm. them all. Um, or met some of them anyway and just had a great time and you know played music and that was that it was just a it was just a you know like on a friend vibe more than anything it's really lovely it is i mean they're i i they're the, the two releases that they have uh with you is uh 2007 uh the communication album and then uh quite a gap actually for the next one the five odd years yeah um for the uh next one or was it six years 2013 yeah. Like uh, six yeah. years yeah mm. uh for the self-titled kind of follow-up i mean they're they're really too uh as you know as you know i'm besotted with them and those are just two albums that are you know just really embedded in the kind of the lineage of futuristica they're mm-hmm. absolute standouts i mean you must be very proud of those albums oh absolutely as i was telling them today i just said you know you've got to remember that you know those two albums are key moments in futuristica's you know Amazing. Um, it, you know, kind of just history and, and highlights for a lot of people and just just the way that they they evolved from the first to the second. And, you know, not without its problems, but it, it was it, they got it done and it was a beautiful thing to see mm. happen. So, um, you know, and, and we talked a lot about uh, Zig 16 Oz, you know, who, who yeah. asked today and um we, we talked a lot about him today and uh and, and what the albums mean to them now it's because it's it's changed it's evolved so obviously yes while you mentioned uh, uh electric conversation as you know very very early for the label they weren't uh incredibly the the first uh release and uh, you know i know in our previous conversation we did discuss uh low budget soul mm. and um and how that sort of the fact that uh you had abstract blue which was your label previously which had sort of um reached uh, its natural end and then you have this this wonderful album produced by tris brown um Mm. and sort of what do we do with it and then you obviously release futuristica you open futuristica's doors to kind of as a as a as a vessel to kind of get this album out into the world right essentially yeah that was that was the plan we just thought what do we do how do we do this let's let's yeah let's just let's just do that let's let's just have a an entity to put that out through mm. um using the same channels that we did for the the previous label um you know distribution etc manufacturing so we did and um yeah i'm glad we did because I, I i really love that album tris's yeah. work on that album is just incredible 
Yeah. Still it, to this it, day, I still listen to it. It's just, it's just the sonics on that. It's just, mm. just amazing. Yeah, and it was really well received. I mean, at the time as well. I mean, Giles Peterson obviously was something was a early supporter of the project as well, right? Uh, yeah, Giles. I th- do you know the biggest supporter of it was Norman Jay. Oh wow, cool. Which was, which was really odd. It was out of the blue, and he he played one of the songs like six or seven weeks in a row on his show at the time, which was which was called Giant Forty Fives, I think. And he did a compilation, put it on there. We were just like, wow, what the? This is amazing, you know. <laughs> This is great, and it it justified the time and 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 the sort of hassle of moving that across and putting that out ourselves. So mm. it was great to see. Yeah, that's really cool. There was, uh, yeah, it must have been awesome to see. Actually, I suppose when you've just released, you know, you've just opened Futuristico, and obviously you take mm. you take on a venture like this, and you ne- don't necessarily know how things are going to pan out. So to get early support like that is, yeah, it must be amazing. Yeah, it was really really lovely, and um, you know, and then when we when we had some remixes um attached to it as well Mm. they just they came about in such a kind of you know we knew one of the guys the blackbeard guys that did a great mix and then you know getting in touch with kev brown who was like at the time and still is one of our favorite producers yes i was gonna ask i was kicking myself actually last time we spoke because we we discussed this album but i didn't mention that remix Mm. and i was a huge kev brown fan like that kind of early noughties period where he was with uh, Jazzy Jeff uh, for a few albums and he yeah. branched off into the, his own low budget kind of uh, mm. stable as well. His, 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 um, his debut solo album is fantastic. It's aged yeah. brilliantly. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was going to always wanted to ask how come, how did you make that connection with Kev Brown? It was, it was, you know, at the time, like yourself, we were just into that sound and he, yeah, I think he, he did a track on the Marley Marl album that we loved on BBE. Right, yeah. Records, I think, um, if, I, if I remember rightly, and we just, we were, whoa, we got to speak to this guy. Do you reckon he'd do so? Yeah. And he just got back to us and said, yeah, okay, cool. So we just, I, was, I remember getting the, the email and just running to Triss's place and saying, Triss, guess what? <laughs> and we couldn't believe it. And then he flipped the mix and that was, it was a pretty easy process. And that was, that was that which oh, shit that was, i mean wow that was good <laughs> that was that was great we just, yeah. we just we just we were so excited by that yeah and um yes yeah, put it out on a 12 inch just because we had to we just had to mm. do that it's awesome yeah I, I'm a, yeah i was such a uh a, a fan he had a really fantastic run of of projects um yeah. again that early noughties for, for several years so uh yeah he was a uh, yeah it, it was a great connection to, to kind of make i think yeah yeah definitely um uh so i i've got um like <laughs> i thought it'd be fun to mm-hmm. i i made a list of of 10 futuristic albums that i thought would be super cool i'm not going to pitch all 10 to you so i've 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 put them in a random order yeah and uh, in a way to kind of celebrate the label and um i, I put them in a random order and I'm going to just pitch, you pitch, basically, you throw a number at me, and I'm going to tell you what uh, album it equates to. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of just, because I, I, if I could sit and discuss all of these with you, I really, yeah. really would. But of the 10, there are, there's a bunch I've left off deliberately, because I do want to sort of sit and have a proper conversation about those a little later okay. on uh, in, in, this, in this chat. So certainly, I want to talk about your epic 2020 so i haven't put any of those uh those <laughs> albums in there yet so i'd like sure. to move on to that later and um i haven't put any of yours uh in there because i want to discuss kind of um i know we talked about you 
in our last conversation and uh you know as simon s and jazz chronicles but uh, i was hoping to chat a little bit more about uh, peter franks as well okay. uh so i've none of those projects are in this list so it's kind yeah. of a really cool list um of, of of wonderful releases so i'm gonna throw it to you throw me a number one to ten and um uh and hopefully we can just spend a couple minutes discussing some of the albums over the pantheon of, <laughs> of uh <laughs> futuristic releases <laughs> the the uh, yeah wow okay number three <laughs> Number three, I'm very happy you picked this one, actually. Uh, this is Deborah Jordan's The Light. Oh. Yeah, 2009. So this is a really, yeah, this is, I was very, very curious as to anything that you, you would sort of, or you or, uh, could kind of recollect about, obviously, the, the first solo album for uh, for Deborah. I mean, this is, the label's been around for a couple of years at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a great lineup of of producers on this as well um what are there any kind of early memories that you you have when you think back to to the album at all i i, I remember spot with these questions no no it's just, um i remember um rep life coming to the uk and um working out getting his album together with all the producers and one of those sessions uh with i think rapson uh i think maybe mecca 83 or rise um, as he was then mostly and put in a, a soul persona as well, I think was involved in the track um, home. And um, I, I think that was originally going to be on the rep life album. All right. Cool. And I said, no, we need that. <laughs> we need that for Deborah's. That's the kiss. You know, we need rep life on Deborah's album. Um, and it, I just remember hearing that, song and just thinking goodness me if we can if we can you know if we can continue building a record like this Mm. it'll be something lovely so i remember that distinctly and then us just contacting people to to get involved in production and stuff or deborah had been uh, speaking to people about production and you know the guys that got involved it just just blew my mind i couldn't you know i was just like janeiro jarell i mean how how do you yeah that doesn't happen yeah. so that was just thinking these things were incredible to me so i was i was like a you know kid in a toy shop yeah you've got um sort of looking at the the production list right now absolutely uh, you've got at jazz on let go janeiro jarell yeah. uh rise on a couple of tracks electric yeah. conversation as well oh that track to life. okay yeah, it's fantastic here's a story here's oh, a quick here story for you to brought to life the track by electric conversation mm-hmm. Uh, production by Electric Conversation. We went to Paris, oh, and we went to Oz's flat. He had a, he had an apartment at the time, and we we all went up there. First thing we did, I think, off off of the off of the train, and basically Oz was sat in the corner on his laptop, very shy. Chris and Caro Azavale and Caro Lenote was was sat on the sofa, and I was sat there, and he was just playing a beat a groove and, and Deb said, so what's this? And they just basically just there and then just went, okay, let's do something. And they just, they made, you know, they wrote the track there in the room in front of us all. And we just all looked at each other and went, what's this going to be for? What we, <laughs> how's this? And this was in the, the early time before, I think, I think possibly before they'd made their album, EC, Electric Conversation. So yeah. we were like, what was it? What we gonna, you know, who's is it? And then eventually it, it became logical that that would fit into Deborah's trackless sequence. So 
that was amazing to have them on, on that record. Yeah, it's a wonderful inclusion. Um, is, is that has that ever happened before? Um, where you've something wonderful and spontaneous has happened, and then it's the question of, well, whose is it? <laughs> like, that's yeah. a really interesting kind of yeah. scenario to be stuck in. Do you know, it's one of the, it's a, it's a thing where we've always, you know, sort of worked in the way where you kind of share what, what you yeah. can offer. So, you know, you do two tracks with a group of people, they have a track, you have a track. So you kind of, you're able to split that and, you know, all get a benefit from that work. So that's, that's happened a lot through, through the work, through the label for the mm-hmm. artists. Yeah. That's very cool. So Motown-esque really, isn't it? That was what they used to just pass songs around each other yeah. uh, until the best version kind of would get it out there, isn't it? I think Isley Brothers and yeah. uh, Gladys Knight both did. I heard it through the grapevine before Marvin. Yeah, so, um, exactly. So yeah, it's was, it was a cool way of doing it. Yeah. And you probably yeah. thought, well, you're both on Futuristic. I don't care who gets it. <laughs> I've got it. Like, it's been sounding great and whatever it goes on, man. Do, do what you're doing. But you know, yeah, I think, I think, I think, with with those guys it was it was just they just they just loved working with each other they loved working yeah. with deb she loved working with those guys especially um oz as a producer just mm-hmm. had something very special so they can that's why deb and oz connect so so much yeah musically that's why everybody connected with him musically yeah you have a beautiful song on um not to go off off album topics but you're uh the, well <laughs> funny beautiful the song called beautiful um that that's on music for alternative souls is a gorgeous gorgeous record oh thank you well you know again that was the, the, the sort of project Oz and I wanted to make for years and we, we you know eventually we found some time and I, I gave him some tracks and he he just wrote some amazing stuff I mean that's my you know it's probably my favorite the favorite music I've ever been involved wow. in wow so you know to this day I, I think I, I can say that for sure yeah, it's a well, it's certainly a worthy song to attach that to. Yeah, it's it's flawless. Um, uh, well, that that's that's super cool for Deborah's album. Did she have a clear idea of what she wanted to do? Because obviously, she'd been making music for some time. Obviously, with different factions like Silhouette Brown uh, already. So, I mean, the idea of a of a full length solo with you know with her getting to in essence do what she whatever she wanted to do mm-hmm. was that an easy transition for her do you remember much discussion about it at all or was it just well, complete excitement of i could do anything yeah yeah it was, it was a mixture of all those things i think if you ask her she'd say that she was nervous and you know it was tricky but i i looking from an outsider's point of view um i i felt that it went really well and and and, and smoothly because she got sent you know, many tracks by many people and she just wrote, she was writing so much and um, just inspired by all of that movement. So, you know, she, she just wrote tracks, track after track. And, and it was a case of, okay, so what, what are you going to use for this project? And who, you know, then therefore who else is going to use tracks that you've written to as well for their projects? How yeah. do we, how do we negotiate all of that um, madness? But um, she, I mean, she did amazingly well. I mean, yeah. It Absolutely. was, it was potentially a very pressured situation, but she just sailed through it. I think. Awesome. Okay, so that's uh, that's the light by Deborah Jordan. Thank you very much. That's awesome stuff about it. Mm. Uh, is there an, another number from one to ten, excluding three? Uh, let's go for four. Four rise messages Ooh. yeah 2011 mecca 83 Love that. um i know you do yeah that's a it's a super cool one to to kind of discuss it's uh 
Uh, I think the Bandcamp page referenced it as a as a mega slept on uh, UK jazz record. Is uh, uh, what kind of memories were there of of that record? Kind of uh, were you involved in it from the outset? Was it something he presented and said, "This is what I've done. It's finished," or or what was your involvement in it? So, so again, as far as I can remember, do forgive me. Um, memories are foggy. As of fifteen years ago, or whenever that was out, ten years ago, um, yeah. eleven years ago, he did a. We did a single message to the architects, and you know, it blew my head off. I was like, "Oh my god, this is just ridiculously good." So we put that out as a seven, and it sold out like really, like immediately. And, and I thought, "Wow, nothing's ever done that before." Hmm. What else you got? You know, what what else is happening? And, you know, by then he was a good friend. He, you know, I think he'd been down to visit us here and, you know, he's just a good dude. Very, very good dude. Yeah. And um, I just said, look, you've got to, you've got to come with something for this, man. You've got to, you've got to bring an album. And, and he was working on one. And um, so I don't know what the process was, how he put it together, but he just went, okay, so this is, this is the Rise album. And I just, I was like, just, wow. How did you... Yeah. I don't understand how he was able to <laughs> use samples like that, like with the keys, the key changes and the tempos and wow, just, just, just beautiful. And the thing that happened with that was we put it out and no one got it at all. No one understood it at all. I don't know how or why. If you put it out now, people would be like, oh yeah, that's great. You know, yeah. completely <laughs> right. get where that's come. it sits with loads of other stuff, but at the time, not that he was ahead of his time, but it just—it was just so beautifully deep and spiritual that I think people just skipped over it and just went, "Yeah, I'm into whatever," you know, just overlooked it. How did you guys feel about that? Was that were you kind of like, "Well, that's okay," like just move on, or was it? Yeah. Did it have any kind of impact and like creatively? We just—I mean, for, well, for us, for us, we just said, well, "Okay, that's that's that." You know, we've put a we've put a great record out for this amazing producer. That's that's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, hopefully he'll do lots more, which he has under under the Mecca eighty three name. So yeah, he's done loads of great music. But you know, I'm trying to coax another Rise album. It's kind of happening. It's slowly he's, he's showing me some stuff and some little demos here and there. So that's the plan. Mm. That's the plan. Is is you know another Rise album. That would be amazing. And I, I guess that's the point. That's the kind of the fun thing about music. Like, I suppose from your, from the business perspective, you'd like, there's obviously a, a, a desire for something immediate. Like, you know, let's, let's get a response to this kind yeah. of now, but it is something that can be discovered at various points. I mean, I, I only got this last year, late last year. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I had heard it, you know, yeah. and I, I love it. And it, it, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful project. So the idea yeah. of, a, of another Rise album is, is really exciting. So, um, so yeah, I guess there's there's the hope that people will discover it in their own time, in their own space. I think so. I think they will. And I think if he does another record, that will then help people look at, you know, the catalogue and think, hmm, okay, so what was that about? Yeah. And, you know, he's evolved. He's, you know, his, his, his musical mind's, you know, moved about. And, you know, he, he references the same stuff, but it'll be a... It'll be a Equally as a surprise as the first one was, I think, I would have thought. Um, uh, okay, uh, another number, sir, if I may ask you. Final one. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll ask you just the, for the final one because I know uh, there's lots to discuss. <laughs> one. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm okay. Another one I'm really happy you picked. And I probably would have presented this one if you hadn't picked it because <laughs> it's something we discussed on Messenger once, but I think it was after okay. our previous conversation. And I, I know it's one that you're 
that means a lot to you and it's Kira Neris. Oh yes. Yeah, Behind Closed Doors uh released in 2007 so you know really early uh for uh within Futuristica's catalog and uh yeah. you t- you said some stuff on Messenger about Kira Neris and how this project was kind of put together which I'd I'd love to kind of hear you talk about. Oh wow, this this kid. So um it's actually Kira Neris which is Oh big pardon. No, but it's it, it, I didn't know either but it's 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 after a Star Trek character. Oh, so, okay, um, right. Which I learned years later. Um, Deep Space Nine, in fact. There you go. Oh, That's okay. The nerdism's coming out. This yeah. character in Deep Space Nine called Kira Norris. And um, so, but he is um, a, a young man from, um, I think, Strasbourg he was from. Called, he's called Hervé. And this guy at the time, when we, when we met this guy, well, we, you know, we heard his music. You know, I was blown away. Again, he was using like multiple samples across a track, like, you know, 10 or 15 samples. Wow. Little intricate things, loops, you know, chords. And he did this across like 14 tracks. I can't, you know, like 14 different songs. It's like immense library, but he built up a library of um, mini discs. Wow. Okay. On mini discs. And he, and he'd go through mini discs and he's visually impaired so he would he would he so obviously he you know his ears were super tuned and he would just go through mini discs and hear and you know like a set of chords or a loop and he he'd remember you know five hours or days back that he heard something else in the same key grab that and he'd just be able to squash that's my dog Oh, what a brilliant inclusion. Did a dog. Guard in the house. Probably the postman. Sorry about that. I'll no, stop. that's brilliant. <laughs> I'm thrilled he's here. Thank you, Dilla. Um, he, he's in as much amazement as, with Kira Norris as I am. So <laughs> Kira Norris was able to do this with multiple samples. Um, and you know he'd he'd have a computer, an old computer. He had an ST set up, um, and he he used like a three hundred three sampler only. That was it. And he'd have a big magnified screen because you know he, he he couldn't see it ordinarily. So it, so he'd have to. It was really intricate work for him, um, and it took him a long time to do this album. And you know when when I met, he came to visit us in in London. He came and stayed with us. And just a really fascinating guy, um, just a music nut, man. So nerdisms like through the roof, and so you know he got on with everybody. He met Electric Conversation and everybody like Amazing. that. Amazing. Um, and he just blew me away with his 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 kind of knowledge of of first of all just music straight anyway, but then how to you know incorporate that into into his own music. It's just fascinating to to just. To understand his process and then listen again with fresh ears as to what he put together, and that album is just immense. Yeah, yeah, I mean the the length of the songs though as well. I mean for the amount of of work yeah. as you say that that goes into it, you're looking at songs that well, I think four of them that I've I've got the disc in front of me, four or five of them clock over eight minutes. Yeah, and and it, and it changes throughout. Like, Absolutely, multiple yeah, yeah. times it's just incredible. 
It is, yeah. It's like six and a half, closer to seven minute songs. The shortest is five minutes, 40 seconds. I mean, it's, yeah. I can't even, honestly, I mean, you've said in terms of what all these like 15 odd samples per song yeah, and how it's been constructed. I can't think what went what, what went into that. You probably it ran is, away if you pitched the second album. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, but here's the thing. So, I, so I'd be, I'd, you know, like years later, I'd go, what's that? I recognize that. Oh, Kieran and Reese sampled on his album, didn't he? <laughs> Like years later, I'd be going, oh, that's the vocal, that's the chord, oh, that's wow. the drums he used. Years later, all the time, it keep going. I say, oh, this this guy was just like incredible. Um, and you know, album did okay, but he did a second album with another label. Um, I, I, oh, what's it? I can't remember what name label was called in a European label. Um, but I don't think it did very well at all. Oh. For him, unfortunately, because I was, you know, I mean, we hoped to do the second album for him, mm. to be quite honest. Um, but he he chose to go somewhere else, um, which is a real shame. Um, and the album was was great, actually. But that and that was that. I don't think he's done much more. He's done a few edits, um, sort of disco-y sort of edits recently, a few house things, but nothing of nothing of that level. Yeah. He's, on, he's got shame. a track on um, Deborah's album as well, isn't it? On What You See. Doesn't he produce a track on that? He did a great track with Deborah on her second record, which yeah. I think was going to be on his second record, but we nabbed it for hers because oh, it was just that mad jazz thing. And he'd done a couple of really great remixes for us as well oh, at the time, which I think were for Emanative and for Flight. And they, oh, were, awesome. just, they were just insanely good. Oh, I've heard those. I have to look those up. That's awesome. They, they were just digital releases, I think. Um, yeah, they were just digital releases. Maybe on a Japanese CD somewhere. But, yeah. You know, this guy, he was just he was just deep, deep levels of musicianship without being a musician. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. They demonstrate the art form that is, you know, what it is in and of itself, right? Yes. It's incredible. A, a, um, you know, for me, an almost perfect record that was. Oh, fantastic. Uh, uh, thank you so much I really enjoyed that I, I could throw another 10 at you but uh, no that was really cool I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry to spring that on you I realised I probably should have, should have prepped you a That's little bit fine. but I really appreciate you sort of taking the time to share those that's a um, wonderful insight um, I guess from there there's like I said we didn't I didn't in, within that list I didn't include any uh, Simon S uh, projects or uh, your, your many guises and I, I, I think that's one of my kind of favorite thing about you in that you've you you you, you kind of use music almost as a playground to, <laughs> to kind of exorcise these kind of different I don't know these extensions of your persona or just the kind of music that you want to make and mm. I, I, what does each one mean to you because I distinctly remember again last time we spoke that you said you resisted uh releasing music under Simon S for a really long time and how music for alternative souls was nearly a compilation album mm. um that you would have just you know been the producer of as opposed to the the, the frontline artist for yeah. but uh so it's i take it you're you're finding it easier to slip into roles like jazz chronicles or peter franks uh than simon is that correct do you know the thing is when you've got a label and then you do your own it's just, it's just I, I just never like to you know it just whether anyone sees that as you know being a, a i don't like to present myself from the label like that because it's right. you know, Hey, it's me. Woo. You know, I'm not into, <laughs> you know, 
that's why the Jazz Chronicles thing was easier to do because it's just me messing about and, I, and I've got a way to put it out, but it's not necessarily about me, which is great. Right. And then Peter Frank's the same thing. You know, it's, you know, I'm, it's nice that people recognize me as the producer and everything. And, you know, the whole point of that name is um, Peter is my middle name and Frank's is my old family name. So that was just, just an easy way to do it. Hmm. So, um, and you put that awesome Bond clip as well, where she, yeah. she says, I remember seeing it thinking, that's where it came from. I can't believe it. That was so good. That was, that's geekyism as well. Like, you know, you know what? kind of obscure names. That's my mum geeking out. She was like, Do you remember that James Bond film? And I was like, Oh, what? And then I watched Diamonds of Forever and went, Oh, okay. Actually, I could use That's cool. Maybe I'll use a snippet of that. That was very funny at the time. But yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I just, I do music all the time anyway, but quite frankly, I've got an, you know, a roster of artists that are made incredible. So as much as I can, um, I, I tend to, you know, I, I put the focus on them. Mm. And if I've got something at some point when there's a gap, I'll put it out. It's, it's not a big deal for me, for myself, you know, I, yeah. I you know, it's just, a, it's just, it's just, it's just the way I feel about that. Yeah. But it's not, you know, not, ne- not a negative thing at all. It's just, you know, I love watching the other guys release records and put you know that's my real job getting their records out that drives my yeah i mean that's just yeah that's where i'm i'm at with that it's exactly that so you know most you know most people that that work around record labels or, or run record labels or, or or connected in any way kind of do music or djing and stuff and that's fine yeah. but you know it's yeah i and it's you know it's it's, it's kind of a it's an ego when you I've got very little ego. I've got nothing to prove to anybody. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. I've never felt like I need to go, ah, yeah, but I can do this. It's never, it always feels like, oh, well, I want to do something with someone else. And it's also, it's you know, I love working with people, not on my own. Mm. So, but it's, it's, it is a balance though. And I, I, I like you're, you are an artist as much mm. as you are a, uh, uh, you know, a, a label um, yeah. uh, founder and you know you run the label mm. and you 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 market it you 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 know you have that promotion hat on you have that artist that mm. producer hat on and you're nurturing yeah. talent and trying to direct them and guide them but it doesn't necessarily mean you should shortchange yourself as an artist in your own right I mean right. Uh, I, I think one of the best albums on on the label is music for alternative souls I and I, I, I sincerely hope that doesn't sound like I'm just blowing smoke. I, I adore oh, the record. And, I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Yeah, and Jazz Chronicles has some wonderful tracks, you know, across those uh, series of albums, the three albums. Um, uh, mm. Peter Frank's, you know, as well as a great project. And you're delving into kind of uh, uh, Peter Frank remixes a lot recently as well. Mm. Uh, so it's, it, it's, I guess it's just balance, isn't it? And I, I think you, yeah. you're striking it very well um, in terms of, you, you know, uh, we're going to talk about, last year 2020 and that is a showcase on on other artists so it's not um uh, there's compliments in there somewhere but i think it's just rambling <laughs> i'm no, not sure i'm making the I, point well uh, but, no yeah. no more rambling than i was so <laughs> I, I, I completely understand and appreciate what you're saying it's really nice of you yeah. to say that because um you know it, even though having said everything i've said it's really nice to get recognition for doing something that sure you know someone else might like so yeah it's about connecting isn't it yes how do you kind of feel that uh jazz chronicles differs from from peter franks and what kind of are they how how are they different kind of hats or personas or um well i think for me the jazz chronicles is more sample heavy and kind of 
just not electronic, but you know, less organic than Peter Frank's. I think mm. Peter Frank's thing's trying to be a bit more, a bit more real and organic with a few musicians on it, and you know, trying to build build that kind of side of things. Whereas Jazz Chronicles is literally just, oh, you know, let me dig dig in my my logic files and find some beats right. and string it together and try and make something out of this, you know. So it's like using odds and ends and then re, re, reworking them and, and creating an album. So, hmm. um, well, yes, for Sir Peter Franks is specifically made with that idea in mind, whereas right. Jazz Chronicles is kind of, you know, from all over the place. Yeah. The extension of Peter Franks at the moment to, uh, again, I've mentioned the, the remixes mm. um, that, that, that are kind of, you've released the uh, Nathan Thomas uh peter frank's mix which is awesome and uh, there's an upcoming one for the notes record uh, mm. as well which is fantastic and oh, uh yes yeah, so I'm, I'm i'm thoroughly uh, um uh all in on the the peter frank's <laughs> uh, kind of guys at the moment so oh uh, thank yeah, you Chris, that's good dude um uh, we mentioned so again the 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 year that was 2020 and i don't mm. know being on the outside and kind of watching everything kind of unfold for you guys it seemed like a pretty exceptional year <laughs> like it seemed like everything went very very well <laughs> we had the, the release of deborah jordan's third uh full length after several years of yes. kind of doing other stuff uh we have the um uh the scene the dark album we have georgie sweet uh debuting with uh, the label in a oh, mind-blowingly great uh, album in uh, Misunderstood. And then mm. we have uh, Nathan Thomas uh, with his uh, debut record as well, uh, entitled Still Water. Uh, how do you look back? Excuse me. And as well, uh, Le Note, um, the unveiling of, of her upcoming project uh, for oh, this yeah. year, spearheaded mm. by the brilliant uh, single and um, the As Valley produced single and, of course, the Mark Rapson remix yes. as well. So, uh, how do you how do you look back at twenty twenty? Well, with, with amazement, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I just look back and think, you know, okay, we <laughs> we decided to push as hard as we've ever pushed when a pandemic starts. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some people might question that, but the thing is, <laughs> the thing the thing is, we we. You know, Deborah was, was Pat was you know it was in the diary for like May, yeah, from the year before, and we were working towards that being finished for you know February March, so which is what we did, and you know <laughs> everything else happened around us in the world that that kind of made us think okay well, but it, mm. ironically, I think it it allowed us more space and time to develop it and get it out there and talk about it and you know spread the word on it so yeah that was it was interesting to but then you know following with Georgie's um debut album which you know she'd been writing on and off with us here really for for a few years um and we just you know it had been decided to put it out in 2020 probably end of summer mm. And and we were working towards that for about six months, and you know it just all hell broke loose in the world. So we, we just decided to just keep going and 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 just you know work through it all. And I'm glad we did because you know the the, the response and feedback was just so lovely. I mean, yeah. just just you know even now because the records took a long time to press because of pandemic issues. And, you know, people are sending us pictures now of the record they've received and how much they love things. And it's just, 
that's why we do this. We, it's, it's literally to communicate that. And, to, to, you know, we wanted to showcase Georgie. We wanted to press upon people how important Deborah's, you know, album was and particularly, you know, the, the, the sentiment behind the video and that I've seen yeah. you again track. And so there were, there were a lot of things we wanted to communicate with people. Um, and then, you know, Nathan comes in at the end of the year with, with, strangely his you know his debut album for a guy like that i mean it's just incredible yeah and he's been Um, around for so many years and different uh guises within the music industry as well in different roles so uh it must have been an incredibly special thing for him to have that i mean just to be able to just give him present him with that album was just like yeah a massive highlight this year and for us to all just talk about you know forward momentum and you know plans for you know this year we're now in and you know, making videos and stuff for it. It's just, it's just, it, the creativity outweighed the negativity of last year into this year. Yes. Yeah, and and it was so needed. Yeah. I suppose the Nathan album is probably the one we hadn't discussed because uh, obviously last time we spoke, I think uh, mm. Georgie's album was sort of on the verge of, of being released. I think when we spoke, you said like the, the masters had literally arrived on that day or something, something, yeah, something yeah. like that. And uh, right. so, and we talked about uh, uh, her and, and, and the project coming up and everything, but the Nathan album, we haven't actually sort of spoken about. And right. uh, that's, that's produced entirely by yourself and Mark Rapson. We kind of, um, you know, you've you've split that across the the middle, and you've produced this incredible album. I mean, how what was that? In, what were those initial stages like when you make right. the decision that that's how you're going to pro, proceed with it? Well, it, we it, it it just just wasn't that. We didn't make any this. You know, there oh, was right, no cool. plan. We we just said, what do we, you know, we need to we just need to get Nathan on more tracks. You know, let's just just figure out. You know, and we so he already had a couple with Mark sat sat you know in the in the hard drive as it were. And um, I just said to myself one day, I'm just going to send Nathan some tracks, but some really odd things and really dark, deep things right. just because, and just, I don't know, it just felt like I needed to do that. A bit like when I worked with Oz, hmm. just, just sent tracks kind of like just these are, you know, I haven't made things like that really before. Just what do you think? And he just sent me finished pieces like in a week. <laughs> and like, how the, you know, how have you written to this? It's hmm. nonsense. What, what I've given you. <laughs> And and he's and he just made complete sense of these tracks and you know the the depth of what he was talking about and and you know he, he says it's very cathartic it's 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 helped him clear his head a bit and you know f- through difficult times last year and, and I just thought wow and and let's do some EPs and then Deb said Deb looked to me she said you know you've been talking about these EPs for Nathan doesn't it just work as an album. <laughs> and I literally strung them together in iTunes and went, oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Yeah. I was going to say, Nathan, I had the luxury, obviously, of talking to Nathan um, near the end of last year. And, yeah, he did mention that that was, at one point, the, the plan for two two separate EPs. Would they have been divided between, like, Rapson-produced tracks and Simon-produced tracks? Or yeah. was it just, right? Yeah, yeah, because I thought the sound was too, too disparate. I thought right. there was there was too much of a disconnect between this, the kind of the, the vibe of the tracks and, and what, how Nathan had written. Cause with, with raps and he's, he tends to be a bit more upbeat and a, you know, kind of a, you know, it's more groovy and snappy and stuff. And then with mine, it was the sort of more darker things. And then sort of, and even Rapson was like, well, yeah, but sorry, you know, let's figure this out. Let's, let's, you know, so I'll put a track list together 
and and Nathan said, "Yeah, that's it. That, that works. That's great. Brilliant." <laughs> uh, you know, and I was like, "Wow, okay, cool." And you know, I, I was worried about that a little bit, but you know, it, the good the good thing is people have really attached themselves to different tracks on that album, mm-hmm. and um, and it's it's a mixture of you know both sides of, of Nathan, which is yeah, which yeah. is lovely. So I can like, sort of understand why the decision would initially have been made to sort of split them. But uh, yeah, I'm very happy that you did opt for the, the full length uh, sort of in its current iteration. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're glad we did it in the end. And I think mm. it's, it's, it's really given him some inspiration to just from the way it was received and just, just, just doing it, just getting that done. That first one done has really given him a boost to, to work on new stuff, which he is this year. So amazing. Yeah. And obviously the, the manifest EP, uh sort of kick-started 2021 he must have been very happy with uh yeah. with how that's come out some wonderful remixes again from yourself and uh mark rapson uh included on the lineup uh, it's, oh, yeah it was a rapson. wonderful start rapson oh. <laughs> this, oh, this guy oh give him anything jesus yeah he's, he's he is pretty magic right i guess oh. well, it would be wrong not to discuss uh, uh uh young mark um and i mean his contributions to the label are you know where do you start like it's it's a wonderful and long-running relationship you guys have had um yeah. his again contribution to, to projects from last year um i mean just when he just when it couldn't have got any better he does this insane remix for really the the unremixable song like how, who would yeah. dare to to remix i'll see you again uh, and i remember when i think you had said remixes are coming for that and i thought who who would be who why like it's just a perfect song why would anyone even try it and then you did two things you made it longer which is genius <laughs> you take a perfect song of course make it longer that's gorgeous um and with i guess the ho kind of strings you know just playing out for longer it's gore it's glorious mm-hmm. it really is and then you just you know he just completely reinvents the song it's almost the diller-esque yeah. uh, uh production mm-hmm. and you just kind of like this is mind-blowingly good like it's, you know, it's, 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 I'm so glad you like him because I sat with, well, I didn't sit, we were on, you know, phones or whatever, but mm. like, Mark, you, we've got to do something with this sing, with this record because, you know, it needs to have its own life on its own. Um, and, you know, I'll, we've got to, we've got to figure out a way to, you know, rework this thing without, you know, insulting it and without, you know, completely dashing any, any, you know, kind of, you know, uh, vibe it had. And, um, so yeah, we, we discussed it for quite a while and, you know, yeah, came up with the idea of extending the original into an instrumental cause it's just lush and beautiful. Like yeah. say the strings are amazing raps and had some, some new keys and stuff on it. And then, the, you know, and I'm like, just do- you know, do a boom clack, do a like, you know, do a head nod one, man. He's like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> but the story is with that one, it's, it's kind of in two parts, that one. So it starts off and it's quite, you know, it's quite sparse and it's got, yeah. a bit, and then it sort of breaks into another part halfway through. Mm. That was his son, his, his son, Ted, um, his very young son, Ted, basically messing around with the samples that he chopped up. What? And he, he was doing a rhythm on oh. the keyboard the sample and he and he and mark said that's it that's do that again recorded it and that was the second part of it 
So his kid co-produced, man. That is amazing. I love, I just love, love that story. So, but as you say, Mark's, Mark's pivotal. He, he, you know, he was, he was half the production on Georgie's and Deb's. Yeah. And, and Nathan's. And he's just, you know, he's just absolutely the guy, the go-to guy for me anyway. Yeah, is would is there looking to be like a, a follow up to his project because he had uh, uh, he's had an album with you guys as well, the Dark First Light, right? Has he kind of given any thought to kind of stepping back into a front and center kind of role? <laughs> he he's already in the middle of an album, yes. Oh, yes, okay. He is. okay. Yeah. Hopefully for the end of this year. Yeah, I'm I'm beyond excited because I've heard some demos. <laughs> Okay, I won't ask anything further. But <laughs> what my question would be, I'm not going to yes. ask it, but my question would be, I wonder if he would take an instrumental role or if he would use the kind of wonderful array of vocalists that he has at his disposal through Futuristica mm-hmm. and kind of do an album in that vein. But I'm not going to ask because it's under wraps. No, I won't ruin it. <laughs> so. That's cool. That's cool. But I can tell you now it's a, it's a mixture of both. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, but I didn't ask, so I don't know. No, that's cool. <laughs> that's really no. That's really exciting. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really good. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That, that that's that's yeah. It's it's warranted that he uh, kind of would get that moment. So yeah, it's very cool. Oh, and just to add to that, mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to be reissuing the Dark versus Light, but the complete album. Oh wow! Is this part of the CD reissues that you had mentioned yes. before? Yes. Yes, so we're, we're looking at getting that done as well. Oh, wow, amazing. Yeah. It is a busy... So, okay, well, let's jump into 2021, I guess, from uh, as best you can. I mean, yeah. we, we mentioned the, the Manifest EP from uh, Nathan Thomas, which is fantastic. Uh, La Notes Rebirth comes, obviously, with great excitement. I guess we've we've spoken a lot about the, the, the history yeah. with, uh, with you guys and uh, the connection with Electric Conversation, her yes. album uh, beautifully produced by As Ballet, uh, yes. making the, the the project all the more poignant. Um, uh, how do you? Yeah, it's a it's really really exciting. Due out in March uh, of twenty twenty one. What are what are your initial thoughts? There's a, an obviously an accompanying <laughs> remix uh, disc mm. as well, which is really really exciting. Some fantastic names attached to that. What are your kind of thoughts behind? Uh, well, I guess she approached uh, you, right? They were already working on the album, and they came to you, I think, last year, and said, "Hey, we have something." Yes, essentially, yeah. They they were. I mean, you know, as Valet was was you know we were talking on video call or whatever, and um, you know, and he did his usual thing. He just snuck a beat on in the background. I'm like, so what's that? And then he's like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't say. You can say. Tell me, I'm getting on a plane. I'm coming over there. <laughs> and so, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I know it's working on some stuff. It's, you know, it's wow. I said, okay, great. Let me, um, let me hear some. I'd love to hear it. And they sent me the, the project. I said, damn, you finished it already? You didn't say anything yet. I didn't even know. They sent me the whole thing, pretty much. And I said, great, who are you putting it out with? Because, you know, as Valet was attached to a label in Paris mm-hmm. or in France, I, I was assuming they're going to take it down that route because it's as Valet connection, etc. And um, and Lenote got on the phone and she said, we're hoping you would put it out. And I'm like, wow, okay. I said, well, of course I will. 
Amazing. You know? I mean, I'd, I'd skip through it like, you know, in five minutes. But I agree. I said, yeah, of course I will. There's just a connection there. What about the the decision, uh, sort of to, the remix disc? Like, um, mm. uh, I suppose looking at, say, Deborah's uh, release last year, the remixes were kind of uh, nicely spread out, kind of following yeah. the album all the way for like seven odd months. Um, and for this one, you're kind of gifting people straight away with this wonderful two disc release with an mm-hmm. incredible selection of remixes of sort of friends and. Um, uh, I guess long-term affiliates from Mecca, yourself, uh, Mark Raps, and DJ Spinner as well, making his second yeah. remix for you wow. guys as well. Very wow. exciting. Yes, uh, very... Fritz is on there. So, what, yeah. where was the decision, if I may ask, as to, to kind of include that? Well, I think they already. So the album was done. Chris was saying, "Hey, you know, pick a track to remix or something like that," and I said, "Okay." And I said, who else is doing it? And he had some friends that were already doing remixes. Amazing. Some, you know, like Fritz and um, I think some other guys there, like um, Dusty from Jazz Liberators, I think was yeah. getting involved. So I said, well, why, why don't we just, you know, just pile them up and see what, you know, see what we get. Um, and then maybe do like a, a, a special release where it's, it's both, you get both on it. Um, just because, you know, we just thought just because cause sometimes you can separate these things and put a remix album out second. Yeah. And it and it doesn't really do anything, you know, despite who you might have on there. So I'm just thinking, well, let's just do the whole lot. So they get they get to connect with Leno through her original album with Asvalet and the you know, the personal nature of that and the beautiful sort of audio diary that is of hers. And then get the alternative where you can bump it a bit in a club or, you know, in your, in your car or whatever with some of the remixes. So yeah. that kind of, you know, the kind of, um, the yin, almost the yin and yang of it. Cause it's a, for me, it's a very personal quiet album, you know, yeah. the vocals are very high in the mix, which I love, you know, and it's, it's just, it's, if you listen to it in headphones, it's, she's really in your head. And then it's completely the other way around. You listen to the remixes, it's just all about grooves and, right vibe and stuff so it's a nice combination i think yeah it's a it's a really really great album and um, a wonderful extension to the kind of the music that electric conversation had kind of put out um again mm. it's really just on paper do you know what i mean everything about it mm-hmm. is just it completely hits you know produced by as valet back with you guys uh it, yeah everything is just kind of yeah. the way it sort of should be and it's really really exciting they're family they are they're yeah. literally our family they really are yeah Wonderful stuff. Um, and I guess for the remainder of 2021, is there anything kind of, uh, we've talked, you've mentioned before about those kind of CD reissues of certain um, albums. Mm-hmm. Well, I say reissues. I mean, some some albums I think that you're including have never had a sort of a CDs kind of released of them, which is really exciting. So you're, you're kind yeah. of doing some hard copies and stuff. Um, yes. Is there any other projects that you're happy to kind of unveil or discuss about anything that you have coming up for the remainder of uh the 15th year celebrations. Yeah. So, yeah, so we do have all, all the, the sort of, you know, uh, sort of never before on CD releases of some catalog items. Um, we may do some vinyl with those as well. Yeah. Um, and then I think moving forward through the year, there's possibly some new Georgie wow. remixes and a couple of new tracks sort of middle of the year. Amazing. Um, She's working on her next album, so we might nab a few of those things and put those out. Um, so there's that. There's there's a 
project Deborah's working on, which is a full album with someone, a collab project, <laughs> which um, is really um, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Mm, uh, I, I, I really, we haven't, we haven't sort of cemented that or nailed that as a thing yet. Yeah. Even for the label, but it's, it's a very exciting project. Um, for sure. I mean, it's, it's very, very exciting. And, um, She's already halfway through that, I think. So that's kind of maybe end of summer. Summer. Oh, okay. We've got a compilation we're going to do, which oh, is going to be, you know, classic tracks, one CD, second CD will be new stuff and more recent stuff that's not been on a CD or, you know, sort of, you know, exclusive tracks. Um, one of the tracks actually is a Mark Rapson track with Deborah, Georgie and Nathan on it. Wow. Wow, that's really, really cool. Really interesting. He's making a video for that as well. So that's kind of all in process right now. Um, the, the CD will be a package with a T-shirt to celebrate the 15th year. Oh, well done. Brilliant. So that would be, be nice for people to grab if they want to. Um, and I think second half of the year, we've got the focus on Rapson's second album, Ideally. That would be very, very exciting if we can yeah. do that. I think we can. I think we can. There's a Sun Circle EP at some point. That would be when I can get around to doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought you were further down the process. It, it's kind of done, but I was Rapson's on it a little bit. He's playing some keys, and right. we're, we're sort of taking our time with it, just you know, making room for other things. Sure. around that because you know Lenote needs a nice bit of space to breathe and right you know and then possible things after that Gosh, um, the is insane isn't it wow yeah i mean oh we might reissue we might reissue deborah's first album on vinyl maybe end of the year we don't wow. know yet we might do we might do. that'd be wow. nice to do it would the light never never on vinyl you know the first two were never on vinyl so we'll see we'll see about that <laughs> oh amazing it's exhausting how putting all this together it's incredible i looked at the schedule the other day and i thought that's one one album a month how do we do this okay this is let's <laughs> pull back a bit let's <laughs> oh. pull back a little bit and um see what happens but yeah you know at the end of the day rapson and i discussed this and it we just said look we've got an opportunity to do it now so let's just do it now yeah you know there's there's no i think the mistake i maybe made with futuristic a sort of first 10 years was always being caught overly cautious and waiting for things and you right. know sort of missing the boat sometimes maybe so i think what while we've you know while we've got a really dedicated bunch of people that i consider you know friends and family of the label either working with us or you know supporting us following us we need you know it's the best play, time to do it yeah get all this stuff done amazing well i mean well, i mean congratulations on everything dude like it's 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 beyond exciting to see everything kind of unfold the way it has and that, that's the incredible milestone of sort of 15 years i mean you know cheers to you for another 15 man so um 
Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just been thrilling, kind of watching everything kind of unfold the way it has been. Um, year fourteen was <laughs> was exceptional. So uh, I hope every year afterwards is just as uh, creative and productive and successful. Thank you. So we'll do everything we can. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've taken up a huge amount of your time. So uh, I I mentioned about um, uh, a cl- <laughs> uh, we've just spent over an hour discussing uh, fifteen oh, really? years of your label, and now you have to pick one song. <laughs> to ah. send everyone home happy with i don't know what you're gonna pick but okay um, i look forward to it <laughs> so yeah you asked me this didn't you yeah so i had to, i i thought long and hard but then i didn't and i went thought about it again and it was instant um and however biased people may think this is i'm gonna go with i'll see you again by deborah jordan wow because it's for for me, and I think for Mark, and I think for Deborah, we've all talked about this. It's it's kind of the high point of all our musical careers, um, in terms of just you know realizing something like that could happen, um, and and the journey that I've watched it take from Mark sat in the studio playing some chords, and Deb sort of you know just jamming a little bit over that to a few months later raps and sending like this insane instrumental i think actually deborah and nathan have done some vocals on it some choral vocals on it yeah. first then it and then deborah was able to a month or so after that able to write what she wrote to that track for her mum so being able to process that and deliver that one take first take vocal just wow. everything was right and and then rapson's creative energy to follow all of that through and then plan a video shoot and come down and do it and just edit it and create such a piece of work. I mean, it's just for me, the absolute high point of anything I've been involved in. Nothing but love And all the pain that we've shared 
is a memory we bear. So if it's time to say goodbye, let's remember our love as we cry. Cause I know. I have to let you go 